When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The Jets add another weapon to an offense, signing Dalvin Cook to a one-year deal, and they get one back with Brees Hall off the pup list, but will it matter with an offensive line that still can't figure things out. Plus, we got joint practices to talk about. The Bucks, maybe a little bit of the Carolina one as well. Thanks for checking out the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here, along with our Jets reporter at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt, and special guest, former co-host of the program, Connor Hughes is back. Daddy Connor is back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, like I was going to bring up a picture, actually. Uh, thanks for joining us on YouTube. You can see Connor, yeah. uh, or if you're joining us, the audio, a uh, primetime edition tonight. Uh, but I was going to like find a picture of Brooke and maybe throw her on the screen. But then I realized that anyone who's watching this probably follows you on social media, and they've already <laughs> seen already Brooke seen yeah. at the bar, at the golf course. Yeah. So, it's so been amazing, man. Yeah, how's I think it going, the fatherhood man? thing, it, dude. It's been great. I miss you guys. I, I know it's it's kind of like I said. It's been it's been crazy not uh, uh, talking to you obviously every single day. I think that's probably better for you guys though that I'm that I'm not blowing up your phones 35 million times a day to talk about random random stuff. I'm sure Zach is much much better with that than but much more uh, better at, at uh, valuing your personal time than, than I certainly am. But yeah, I miss you guys. I miss like I just said, like even just coming on to the can't wait listeners again. Like I miss you guys. I miss everything about it. Um, uh, but obviously, you you guys have continued the show, and, and Zach's done a killer job uh, replacing me. So, as much as that pains me to say, all right, you get your conflict out of the way now. That's that's nice. Oh, and there, there, now now the daggers are coming. <laughs> yeah, now the daggers are coming. Before we get to the Jets, though, seriously, you're you're sitting there. You have a beverage in your hand. Um, mm-hmm. You're not currently changing a diaper. It seems like it's it's all going well. Dude, everything's been great. I, I think the one thing that I do feel gen, uh, a little bit bad about is is Bree's breastfeeding, which is good for me because like. She's the source of food, not me. So, like, when it comes to, like, <laughs> these late-night feedings and stuff like that, like, I'm sleeping. Everyone always asks me. I feel so shitty because everyone says, like, uh, well, I don't, you guys are the time zone. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I know when, when we were just straight up the athletic, I could curse and stuff on the podcast. I don't know if That's I'm allowed fine. to. Uh, yeah, to they do haven't, that. They haven't allowed. noticed yet. Yeah, I'm going to get the FCC called on you guys on the first <laughs> episode back. That'll be fun. Um, no, so, uh, obviously, Bree's breastfeeding. So, like, in the middle of the night, I, for the first couple of nights, I was waking up, and then she was like, you're literally just staring at me. You just sleep through the night. So when everyone asks, oh, how are you guys sleeping? Like, I'm great. Like, I'm still getting my same, like, eight hours. It's Bree who's been uh, busting her ass and, and grinding, obviously, running point there. But I try to pick up the slack. But I think, Tim, like, you, you obviously know, and, and Zach, you'll know in, in short order um, what this is like. It, it really Short order? You. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, oh, what are you trying to breaking put? news? <laughs> are you telling me that I'm pregnant? What is <laughs> yeah. going on? Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. No. Um. A short order, long order. I don't know. I don't know what you guys have in store, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Zach is as open on his personal life as as I was I, on the. I've, I've mentioned I have a girlfriend, so yes, yeah, that's, that's all good. they know. That yeah. is good. It's a stunning development there. Um. <laughs> but 
the uh yeah i mean like i said dude i've got i have no complaints it's been it's been incredible it's been amazing like she's downstairs with my sister and, and wife and brother-in-law now and, and she's cooing now which is like crazy yeah. like the new uh, cooing and giggling and uh, it's like oh my well, god it's it's, it, and, uh, it's it, can't, it can't be that hard for you when you're going to detroit for a week no well dude yeah that i'll be it was the first i do and I, I was like oh my god it's gonna be great to be sleeping in a hotel like this will be like kind of chance to relax i'm gonna play golf again for the first time in a while uh, i had to get a golf reference in the show for for all the uh the the old-time listeners who are not going to blow up the comment section saying what the hell but um i'll be honest with you dude like first day there second day there i'm like yeah i miss her because you underestimate and, and tim you know it's like every time during the day you just go in there and, and give her a kiss or just say hello or just and then go back to working but then you take a break and you go and say hi it's it's you underestimate how much you do that until she's not there to do that too and it, it changes you man it really does yeah yeah it's hard to be away yeah it's it's the first time 100%. i feel like in life yeah all right all right well you're limited time connor so we should actually get to the jets yeah connor's bad yeah. on us early like a loser <laughs> I'll give you a little more time. <laughs> uh, so the big news, obviously, is the running back situation. Let's start there. Jets mm-hmm. signed Dalvin Cook uh, up to $8.6 million. Uh, Brees Hall, the next day, comes off the pup list. So yep. here we go. The one-two punch, and we'll get to what it means for the other running backs. But first, Dalvin Cook. And, and Zach's going to get to go first most of the time here because he's still on the <laughs> podcast. Um <laughs> By, you know, you look at the metrics and things like that, and there was the injury, but most people agree that in some way he's taken, he took a little step back last year as far as the analytics, but 28 years old, just talk about exactly what this guy's going to add to the jet sack. With, with the decline part, it, it kind of go back to the same thing we said with Aaron Rodgers to a different degree, but Aaron Rodgers was on a decline last year, but Aaron Rodgers on decline is still significantly better than what the jets had. Like, Brees Hall was very good before he got hurt, but the rest of the running backs the rest of the way last year were pretty much a disaster other than that like three-week stretch when Bam Knight played pretty well. So I I think they're avoiding even having to deal with that. They're making it so, you know, you're you're plugging every possible hole before it opens up. If Brees Hall's not ready to go, he's he'll play in week one probably, but if he's not like the same Brees Hall right away, they can ease him back into things. And, you know, you have Dalvin Cook who, you know, has run for a 1,000 yards for four straight seasons. The Jets haven't had that since Chris Ivory, so – um, you know, he, he's still a, a really good running back. And honestly, this, this might be good for him and his career, which is probably why he was very willing to come to the jets. Cause he's not going to have to be the bell cow anymore. He's going to be playing for a team that is it's sites on the super bowl. And I, I think he's going to be pretty fresh. Cause I don't think he's going to be getting 30 carries a game. Once Brees hall is playing at his at hundred percent or whatever that looks like, you know, they're probably going to be close to a 50, 50 split. If not Brees hall getting more carries than him. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I was a little surprised by the money they gave him. Um, we still haven't, I haven't seen like the full details of the contract yet. I didn't expect it to be update million. And, and I saw a report that it was 7 million in guarantees. Uh, so that was a little higher than I expected, but you know, they're all in right now. Rogers gave up some money so they would go and get some players for them. And this is like the first, the first, you know, chip to fall. It's not yeah. like, I, I, I always crack up when people talk about the money because like, it's not your yeah. money. Yeah, it's exactly. not my money. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? Like, the Jets like, have they'll get, the money. They'll get over it. Was, uh, they'll get over it when he's not here anymore. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. it was Aaron Rodgers' money until a few weeks ago. Yeah, and he ago. gave it up. Like, bring yeah. it in. But, like, look, if, if a Jet fans think they're getting the, the – I said this last night on SMY. Like, if, if the Jets think they're getting the – and Zach touched upon this a little bit. If they think they're getting the Dalvin Cook that ran for – a thousand yards every year since 2019 and the four time pro bowler and the guy who at one point was one of the top three to five best running backs in the entire NFL. They're not getting that. I mean, that that's just not the case. This is a dude who's got 
uh, a ton of touches. I think it's it's over 1,500, I think, total on his body between catches and rushes during his career. I mean, I know he's only 28 years old, but he is an old 28 years old because of that mileage. And so he's not going to be the same guy. You look at his GPS numbers from two, three years ago, and they're going to be significantly better than the GPS numbers he's going to put up with training camp with the Jets. But guess what? Like, the Jets don't need him to be the elite player that he was. If he's just a good football player still, or 80% of the Dalvin Cook, who once was one of the best running backs in the NFL, that's fine for the Jets. Like, that's honestly fine. You're adding him. You're basically taking a good football player and adding him to a positional group into an offense that already has a ton of very good football players. I mean, they now have a one-two running back punch of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. And Brees Hall is still the 1A. I mean, I was told last night after the signing, when I reached out and started touching to the base, this is still Brees Hall's show. Like, this is not – and the Jets made it very clear to Brees Hall yesterday once the signing became official. This is still his show. When he is ready to be 100%, he is going to be the bell cow of this Jets running back unit and of this Jets offense. But now you have another very, very good football player that you're adding to the mix. And, and Dalvin Cook, even in his current state, he's a lot better than Michael Carter. He's a lot better than Zonovan Knight. So if the Jets had the salary cap space to pay him and get him in here, why not do it? And the double bonus of this is that if he wasn't going to the Jets, he was going to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So now you also, it's addition uh, by also subtracting from another team because you keep him from your divisional rival. So, look, this isn't something that's going to create some controversy because Dalvin Cook knows he is not the 1A or alpha dog in that running back room. It's still Brees Hall, and you're just adding another player to the mix. You're adding someone else that can help this team win football games, which, again, if you're the Jets, you haven't won a lot of football games in recent years, so keep the good times coming. I mean, you know how – football players that want to play for the Jets. It's a good time to be the Jets, and why not just keep adding them? Like, that's the thing that cracks me up. It's like, oh, my God, they paid too much for them. They had the money to pay them. Like, they had it. So, okay, yeah, maybe they overpaid a little bit from what you think they maybe should have given running back who is still a free agent on August 14th. But also, who cares? Like, that running was just going to sit there. So give it to somebody else who's going to help you win football games. And Dalvin Cook is a good enough football player to still help you win football games. All right, let's talk about the rest of the running back room because it, you know, you add Cook, but it's not like they were drastically short in there. It was a good mm -hmm. group with Hall back. Of course, we'll see how Hall is, how long it takes him to get back to being the star that he was a year ago. But you talk about Michael Carter, who you mentioned, Bam Knight, Izzy Abanaconda. Um, well now done with that if, name. I still don't know how to say it. Yeah, I don't know if I got it right. But Izzy, I, baby. That's all I say if, is Izzy. If you say it fast, man, that's the key. Just say it fast. Um, do is there a world where they could possibly keep all those guys or is you know Carter or Knight one of those two guys is going to be off this roster yeah I don't I I don't think it would be smart roster management to keep all of them like the reality is running backs even you know as much as they like Bam Knight and Michael Carter they're kind of a dime a dozen these days and that's why there's all this running back value stuff going on and um and you, you can find a Michael Carter and you can find a Bam Knight around the league I think more, less than you can find a Dalvin Cook or a Brees Hall so you know, I it, I am interested to see who they keep between Michael Carter and Bam Knight. I did find it somewhat interesting that when they were talking about the running back room today, like Salah and um, I guess Salah, he he only he'd only mentioned Carter when he was talking about like the group. Yeah. So I, I he kind of like has some tell sometimes of stuff like that, like whoever's on his mind, kind of where he's at. It wouldn't wouldn't shock me if Michael Carter was the one that was cut, but I, if I was predicting like right this minute, I I think he'd probably be on the team. They do love him in that locker room. I think Bam Knight is more dynamic. It's probably a better like overall running back, but you know your third running back, they're close enough. Maybe you you lean towards the guy that everybody loves. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely between the two. I mean, the the competition now, and it's definitely been cranked up uh, quite a bit. Is is between Knight and Carter. I mean, those they're they're going to keep one, and they're going to let the other one go. Probably try to get that guy to their practice squad. But yeah. I think uh, Carter might be a little harder to get to the practice squad than Knight, in my opinion. I, I think that's probably the case. Um, but overall, man, like th- this is a good problem for the Jets yeah. to have. I mean, it, it really is. You have a legitimate number one running back in Hall. You have arguably the best now one-two punch because Kareem Hunt is is gone from Cleveland. You probably have the greatest or best one-two punch in the NFL right now in going from Hall to Cook. And now the problem is just that you've got Izzy, who's guaranteed a roster spot because of his draft status. Uh, if you keep Bauden, that's another quote-unquote back that's in the mix, which then how many can you keep? Because I was originally thinking if they're going to keep Bauden as your fullback, they're probably only going to keep three running backs. So it was going to be Hall, either Carter or Knight, and then Izzy. Now you add Cook to the mix, and it suddenly becomes, wait a minute, who actually are you going to keep? So it's going to probably result in them losing a receiver. Now, obviously, we've seen uh, Brownlee come way back down to earth at receiver from what he was doing early in camp. So I don't think there's really any chance of him making the 53-man roster right now. So you can probably keep maybe five wideouts. Uh, I don't necessarily know if anybody's going to sign Tim Boyle to their 53-man roster, so I think there's probably a good chance that the Jets could keep two quarterbacks and get him on their practice squad and, and something along those lines and, and still keep Aaron Rodgers happy with, with having him in the locker room, uh, similar to what the Giants did with Davis Webb last year when they you know kind of kept him from the coaching ranks to, to keep him on the roster. But, um, yeah, I think that, that final running back spot, I, I, it's impossible to keep more than a four. And if you consider those three of the guaranteed roster spots, that means it's Knight and Carter competing for that final spot. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's switch things up a little bit to who's going to be blocking for not just those running backs, but Aaron Rodgers, because, I mean, you can tell. It's it's become the only thing I feel like Jets fans are are thinking about in yeah. any way negatively about this team, right? It's all, everything's rosy, except if you bring up offensive tackle, it's mm-hmm. even in the chat already half the questions that have come into oh, the chat it's nonstop. Yeah. Are about this offensive line. So let's get right into it. And, and the bad news today, we'll start there. Elijah Vera Tucker injured. Doesn't seem serious, yeah. but it's an ankle. Um, Zach, let's start there. That's he's, as you look at this line right now with who's healthy, he's the most talented guy on it. And now he's going to be missing some time. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's unfortunate he was out anyway, but I, I was really curious to see, cause now there's been all this hubbub about the idea of him moving the tackle. And um, I was very curious to see if they would throw him out there and give, start to give him some reps there to really put some, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing there, because, you know, I, I was skeptical initially that it would be a thing they would consider mainly just because he hasn't taken a single rep there, but there still is enough time between now and the season and the tackles have been bad enough. And if you, you kind of have to decide is the best five include AVT at right tackle and West Schweitzer at right guard, or does the best five have AVT at right guard and Billy Turner at right tackle. So you basically are picking between Billy Turner, Max Mitchell and, and West Schweitzer right now, I would say, unless they, unless they trust Connor McGovern or, Joe Tipman enough at right guard, I guess. Then it's it's convoluted, and this is not not 
the point is they haven't figured out their best five and that they keep talking about, you know, Salah had said uh, he wanted to know his five this week um, or after the Panthers week. And today it sounds like they're more confused about where they're at. You know, Joe Tittman got his first, first team snaps at center today that he's gotten all of training camp. Mikai Becton, when Max Mitchell went out, got his first reps at left tackle. Like it's just, there's so many moving parts. Wes Schweitzer was at guard. He's been practicing at center most of camp. Like they haven't had five guys play every snap together for more than like two practices in a row. And Dwayne Brown's not even back yet. Like it's just, there's just so much up in the air. And it's kind of, kind of feels like it did in the middle of last season when everybody was getting hurt and they were losing everybody and they're kind of, you know, mixing and matching and trying to figure things out. And it was a disaster and it it's kind of, and I get, I get why fans are freaking out because this is exactly what the problem has been. They don't have a solution. And it seems like the offensive line has not gotten better. Um, and I, I, it's a legit concern. I, I just, I'm not ready to panic yet. I think once Dwayne Brown comes back, it'll look a little better. I just think they need to decide where Elijah Bear Tucker's playing, and that kind of like dictates everything else. The problem with Dwayne Brown is is that I just I, I almost compare it to the Mets. Like when when they originally signed Max Scherzer, uh, it was a luxury, right? They already had a good rotation, a rotation that they believe could help them compete for a World Series, and he just added Max Scherzer to the rotation. Yeah, he was older. Yeah, he might have been on the decline, but it didn't matter because he was a luxury. Like you were just adding him to an already good group. That was kind of the situation last year with Dwayne Brown when they were originally bringing him in to visit and things like that. Uh, now, suddenly, like Zach just said, it seems like the Jets are relying on him. Just like this year where the, the Mets were suddenly relying on Scherzer. They needed him to be the dominant pitcher that he has been for so many years. And when he wasn't, the team fell apart. Same thing with Verlander. So I almost look at – that's my big worry is that you're, you're relying on a guy who's, what, 38, 39 years old – had a shoulder injury last year. Father time catches up for everyone, and there's only so many hits a body can take before it starts to break down. And if you need him to be a, a, a legitimate, still borderline pro bowl, at least above average to very, very good offensive tackle in order to have success and play 17 games just in the regular season before you even consider going into the playoffs and playing divisional round conference and then a Super Bowl, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy. And, and we already have concerns, whether it's Max Mitchell – or Billy Turner right side, there's still a lot of concerns at that right tackle position. And I know a lot of people keep asking about Mekhi Becton, Mekhi Becton, Mekhi Becton. He has not taken a single rep, first team, second team, third team, fourth team, at right tackle. Because it, from my understanding, there's people within his team and his and his uh, uh, people that, that obviously that story that came out in Newsday, he believes that playing right side puts too much strain on his injured knee, which is going to lead to injury, which is probably why, while there is a competition at right tackle, not left tackle, Makai has played every single snap so far at left tackle. Now, when Dwayne Brown comes back, he's the left tackle. Makai Becton's not starting at left tackle. That's not even a position that's open. It's Dwayne Brown's job. The competition's over at right side, and Makai hasn't taken a single rep over there once. So he's not in that competition. It's between Max Mitchell, it's between Billy Turner, or it's between the wild card that the Jets have to play, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker. It's taking arguably their best guard, who they believe has all pro potential at that position, and kicking him outside where he can play right tackle at a good level, it's potentially very good level, does that solidify the offensive line? The ball dropping of this offseason, I genuinely do believe, was not addressing this offensive line more. And I, I know the Jets have come out and said that, you know, oh, we were never considering an offensive tackle in the first round because they didn't think, you know, we were going to go Will McDonald. I think that's hogwash because you're looking at the current state of this team and you look at the one thing that could potentially keep them from legitimately competing with the Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs for the top tier spot in this conference. 
it's their offensive line. Interior, I think they will be fine with Lakin and either McGovern or Titman, who's obviously rising up the charts, and Barrett Tucker guard. Interior of the line, they're fine. It's that offensive tackle spot that is such a massive question mark and giant concern because, again, you are relying so heavily on Dwayne Brown. You still have concerns at right tackle. And if something happens to Dwayne Brown because this guy is almost 40 years old, suddenly you have two massive concerns and two massive questions at arguably the two most important positions on the offensive line. And there is no reinforcement coming. Good offensive tackles don't hit the waiver wire. Very seldom do good offensive tackles hit the trade block. So the Jets are kind of stuck with what they have. And right now, it doesn't look like what they have is good enough. It really does not. I mean, I, I know this offensive or the defensive line for the Jets is so good and so great. I was not there in Carolina, but having read Zach's reports and having read Zach's tweets, as much as it pains me to say that, but then also doing my own digging within the Jets organization and talking to people over there, the offensive tackles were terrible against Carolina. Like, they were very, very, very bad against the Panthers. The Panthers are not some elite-level team. So if you're struggling against Carolina, what's going to happen when Von Miller and the Bills come to town? What's going to happen when you see the Chiefs and that defensive line in the playoffs? What's going to happen when you see the Bengals and Trey Hendrickson? Isn't he on the uh, Bengals now? Or do you go, I can't remember if he went since the Bengals. Or, right? Isn't he on the Bengals? Yeah, Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. Uh, or he signed with someone else. I can't remember. I don't know. I think it's – I'm going to double-check this now. Ruining my rant. I'm clearly rusty. I believe he's on the Bengals. Yeah. Bengals, yeah, I was right. right. He went from Saints Bengals. I want to yes, make sure it's yes, not yes. that reverse and went Bengals. <laughs> What's going to happen when that happens? Like when you face those teams. So we have these joint practices tomorrow. I really genuinely can't wait to see how this Jets offensive line and its current construction holds up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Shaq Barrett and all those guys that they have over there. I want to see how that looks because again, we can say, oh, the offensive line's struggling because the Jets defensive line is so great. And they are. The Jets defensive line is so great. But if they're struggling against the Panthers and then they're struggling against the Bucks, maybe they're also struggling because they just don't have enough up front at those two tackle positions. And, and that could be the one thing that derails this team. Because like you said, that's their only weak spot. They are, they are set everywhere else. Defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, safety, tight end, running back, wide receiver. And they're deep. They have depth at those positions. They can withstand somebody going down. If Sauce goes down, DJ Reed becomes your number one. Brandon Eccles is looking really good when he comes back from suspension. Safety, you have Adrian Amos who can step in. Tight end, you have Uzama and Rucker. Running back, you obviously have Cook. Quarterback, obviously, that's a different story. Wide receiver, as long as you don't lose Garrett Wilson, any of those other guys, there's a backup ready to go. Slot, Randall Cobb can step up. Corey Davis can go in from Lazard or vice versa. You have the players everywhere else but the tackle position. That is the major, major concern that I have with this team right now. All right, let's talk about Becton a little bit. We're actually getting uh, got some negatives in the comments about us being an anti Mackay Becton podcast, which really couldn't be further from the. Couldn't be further. I've said over and over, he's their most talented yeah. offensive lineman. I know, oh I know. God, we like we are. I, if anything, we're pro Becton. Um, but all right, he played twenty seven snaps against the Panthers in the game. Uh, was with the first team a little bit today. Granted, that was because Max Mitchell was out. But it seems like Zach, there is progress being made there is there at least the idea that like all right if the chances of Dwayne Brown playing 17 games is zero right like is there at least a hope now with what we're starting to see from Becton getting more time in playing with the first team a little bit that if Brown misses one game two games needs a spell Becton can at least be that yeah you know I think the word they keep saying with Makai Becton is trust, and Salah's using it in relation to like him trusting playing on his knee. I also think 
there's an aspect of the coaching staff feeling like they want to be able to trust him to go out there and actually, you know, not only do his job, but able to play the entire four quarters. And I think that's been the biggest struggle so far. And I think that's why, um, you know, both Connor and I, I think we left him off our 53 because a couple weeks ago, I, I was pretty convinced they were just going to trade him at some point. It's still, it's still possible. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether I think that'll actually happen. Uh, the talent is there, and he's he's shown that in the preseason. I think he's looked pretty good in those games that he's played. He gave up a sack against the Panthers. Other than that, he was good. Um, when he gets through whole practice, he's looked pretty good. But the key is, as Salah said, we need him to get through you know all the game reps that we allot to him, and then on top of that, we need him to get through a week of practice both before and after that. And he hasn't done both of those things yet. And he's made progress today. He had quite a few reps because he was even after. So he went in for Max Mitchell with the first team, and then he stayed out there with the second team when Zach Wilson went out there. Um, and so he's playing more. He's It seems like he's holding up pretty well, but you need him to get through the entire preseason. And at the end of the preseason, he needs to be able to play an entire game and practice all week and then play another game and then practice all week. And I don't know that they are confident enough that he can do that. And that's why he hasn't really been in consideration for you know a legit battle with Dwayne Brown. Even though Dwayne Brown's not even out there, they still haven't put Mekhi Becton with the first team on purpose. So, yeah. um, so, that, so ultimately... Like if Dwayne Brown goes down, do they put Makai in? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure that they do right away. Like I, 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 I think don't. Right now, it would be Max Mitchell or Billy Turner over him, and okay. and so I know fans every day. This is definitely an anti Makai. <laughs> it, it it I think if he can stay healthy, then he absolutely should be a starting offensive lineman. Like that's a hundred percent true. But um, you know, and I get I get tweets from fans every day. And anytime we tweet about the offensive line, they Mackay Becton should be starting at left tackle or right tackle. He's not going to start at right tackle, as Connor ranted about earlier. Um, and, and sometimes I don't think he should. I'm just yeah, saying exactly. what the Jets That's, are doing. Like it's, yeah. it's what we see every day. Yeah. They, if they trusted him enough to do that, they would put him out there. And they, it's about, especially with Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback, like they're just not going to risk, you know, putting a guy out there. They don't think that can, you know, survive it, survive a play, survive a series, survive a game, survive a season, all that stuff. So he has, he still has a lot to prove, and it's a new coaching staff. It's a new offensive line coach who has a much different style of coaching than John Benton, um, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, new offensive system. They they need to they need to have trust in him, and he needs to trust in his ability to to last because he's he's the one who pulled himself out of that that Hall of Fame game. Like he he felt his knee wasn't really doing well on the turf, and and I think I think the coaches had planned to play him twenty snaps or whatever Solid said. So it's uh. He's definitely made progress. A hundred percent has made progress. I think he's actually been better than I expected in terms of like what we've seen him in team drills and stuff, but we need to see it for more than a couple days in a row. Yeah. And, and I think that it, real quick, I'm going to try to be, to try to be real quick. I mean, summoned by the, uh, the, by the yeah, family, yeah. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the, the thing that's accurate on the head is that this is not anti Mekhi Becton rant. I think Mekhi Becton should be out there. I'm telling you what we see. The guy has not gotten, they are rotating Everybody in with the first team. Joe Titman has gotten first team reps. Wes Schweitzer has gotten first team reps organically. Max Mitchell, Billy Turner are rotating at the offensive tackle spots at first team. Dwayne Brown, once he's ready, would get first team reps. Makai Becton has not been given any first team reps until today when Max Mitchell went down. And as soon as Max Mitchell was healthy again, Makai Becton came out. So it's it's clear. Like, Read between the lines. When the coaches aren't giving him any first-team reps and we're now, what, a month-plus into camp, it's very clear that he's not in consideration for the job. And is that the right call? Is that the wrong call? It all comes down to trust. I think what the Jets are most worried about is they don't – they're not worried about the talent. They're worried about him staying healthy. But even more so than that, think about Makai's rookie year. He was healthy. He was out there. 
he took himself out of enough games where he missed a month's worth of snaps. I know he played in what was it, 15 of 16 games or 14 of 16 games, something like that. But the number of snaps that he missed were a month's worth of snaps. And that is something that is still on their mind, that even if they give him this starting job, in the first sign of adversity, will he stay out there? Will he gut it out? Will he fight through it? And the first sign of adversity that he saw, and again, this is not my opinion, this is Jets. The first sign of adversity that he saw in the Hall of Fame game where he's fighting for this job, where he wants to be considered for a starting job, he yanked himself out. So I think that's probably on their minds. But if you're looking at who's in consideration for the starting job, Mekhi Beckton's not one of them because, again, all of these other players, Wes Schweitzer has gotten first-team reps at both guard and center. Mekhi has not or like intentionally been given any to compete for the job. He only went in because Max came out. And once Max was ready, Mekhi came back out, Max went back in. All right, Connor, before you go, one comment uh, for you from the chat. This is from Carlos Marquez Jr. Saw your set on SNY. I yeah. think it's time for a new chair. Treat the chair like the clubs. Yeah, I do need I said that actually to breathe that this thing got cut up. It's a shame. This is like, I got this chair not long. It's only like two years old, but I think my desk, it just rubbed and it cut it up. So I do need a new chair. I, I need, I need the, once the raise kicks in, I got to fight my contracts up. So in, uh, in another year, De- demand a better fight. chair. Fight for a raise, and, and the raise is going to go to a new chair. You heard forget, it here first. Connor's coming back to can't wait. And all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great stuff by Connor. Obviously, check him out on SNY. Obviously, the Jets. He also covers the Giants occasionally. So, you know, if you care about that team. But uh, thanks for coming on, Connor. Hopefully, it won't be as long before we get you back on again. Don't give us Go. any thumbs down just because he was here, guys, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we only guys. allowed a little golf chatter. Yeah. See you, man. All right. All right. Now we can really have a conversation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now get your real comments about Connor yeah. in the chat as well. So everybody. Yeah. Can so tell us what you really feel about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that's the O-line. Uh, that's the running back position. But let's get into the the joint practices a little bit. And today, specifically today's practice, because um, a bad day for Aaron Rodgers which we haven't said a lot of, you know, for the most part, yeah. it's been fine. But but the starters in general, rough day today. Start there, Zach. What was going on? What was the, you know, in in general, what were the problems? It was uh, it was kind of like everything. Like you, so I would say it starts with the offensive line. There was a lot of pressure, but there was a lot of moving pieces. So you almost understand it more today than most days. Uh, especially Max going out, Makai going in, Joe Tipman at center, uh, and you know the 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 Billy Turner and Max Mitchell in general. So. The offensive line was bad. There was a bunch of drops. I think I counted like three drops, maybe four with the first team. And then Rodgers was not as accurate as he had. But it's nothing to be concerned about. Every offense has a really bad day in camp. Um, Every quarterback has a bad day in camp. This is one of those. If it keeps happening, then you can be concerned about it, especially tomorrow when they go against the Bucs. That'll be like the real test of where this offense is at. Um, And we'll get into the joint practice in a bit. But – yeah, you know, it was it was a it was a bad day. I'm not concerned about it yet. I'm am concerned about the offensive line, as we've talked about. Um, not sounding the alarms, but I'm concerned. And and then on the, the flip side, which I know I'm sure you're gonna bring up, like it was interesting that the first team offense was as bad as it was because Zach Wilson had a really good day on the flip side of that. And I he has progressively got better. So there there's reason to be optimistic coming out of today's practice, I would say. Uh, beyond the cook and Reese Hall and all that stuff like Zach Wilson showing progress is a good thing. 
All right, let's go. Let's talk about Zach and let's yeah. go back to the Panthers game because the numbers on paper were real good for Zach. Um, three, three drives for points out of the six drives he was in there, played the whole first half, um, touchdown. Uh, 12 of 14, 12 of his 14 completions to running backs and tight ends, which you can take two different ways, right? On one hand, you don't want 12 of your 14 completions to be to running backs and tight ends in general. That's not the way the NFL yeah. is successful on offense these days. You have to hit the wideouts. But when you think about Zach Wilson and a guy who has the, the biggest fault, right, has always been like, man, he can't do the easy stuff, right? Like he misses the running back out of the backfield. He misses the, the quick out. He misses this. He misses that. Because of that and because of his history with this team, I thought it was encouraging that he, you know, he didn't take crazy chances. Yeah. I think he realizes he's the running back and that's not necessarily needed at this point. And there's that progress there where he was making the easy throws. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, his progress is going to be in stages. Like he's not going to become what they need him to be as the number two level pick right away, but they're starting from ground zero. The whole idea, idea was that they were completely rebooting him. And so you're starting from scratch. And so, you know, we're celebrating that he can, he's, he's throwing the layups when they're there because he wasn't doing that last year. So it's progress. And, you know, he's doing things like, you know, working through his progressions a little better. He's um, you know, when he's, even when he's inaccurate, a lot of the throws haven't really been in a place where the defender can intercept it necessarily, which is, is progress. So you take progress ultimately. And I've, I've been saying this a bunch, even on here, uh, even as he's looked at in practice and even as he's looked okay in these first two games, like he's made progress. We need to, we need to see it for all of the preseason. I need to see – I'm not going to be able to give a full judgment of where I think Zach Wilson is at until I see him through the, the Buccaneers game this week, the Buccaneers practices, and the Giants game at the end of the preseason because, you know, practice was never really a concern for me. It's when the bullets are live and they're flying and the crowd's there and you're on national TV. Like, is he going to revert back to the form where he was a shell of a, of a quarterback and – he wasn't confident enough to make us make simple throws. And, and he admitted that, you know, things got away from him. And, and is, is that guy going to come back when things are going poorly? Cause that'll happen. Uh, and, and is, is he going to show enough that, you know, in the worst case scenario that Rogers has to miss a game or two or more, could, do you feel okay about putting Zach Wilson out there? And I'm not near that stage yet. I'm really far from that, to be honest, but I have been encouraged and I think he's definitely made progress from the start of camp. And, that's all, you know, we probably talked about at the beginning of camp. What we need to see was progress from him. He didn't need to be number two overall pick on day one. He needed to be improvement from Zach Wilson, who got benched for Chris Strebler last year. So, Oh, Strebler. We still yeah. got his name in. Um, <laughs> so what stood out today about Zach Wilson? Was it more of the same that we saw against the Panthers or was it another step? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was that. And, you know, a little bit more, you know, it was, you know, he made some throws, quick throws off the snap, which is something that Rogers is an expert at. And I'm sure he's learned a lot from there. And he also made a nice throw down the field to Irv Charles, you know, it was like the front in the front corner in front of the end zone, uh, tightly covered. He threw it into only place where Irv Charles could get it. He caught it. And then the next play he threw a touchdown to Irv Charles. So, you know, just, you know, doing his job, uh, even in the face of some pressure with a backup offensive line and it, you, you take it. I, like, like I said, today I'm putting less stock into today than what I will tomorrow. He wasn't great against the Panthers D, I would say. So if he can show some improvement against the Buccaneers D tomorrow in their only joint practice, I, uh, I'll i start to feel a lot better. And then Saturday when he goes against them in a the game, that, that 
these two, this practice and that game are going to be the two biggest tests so far, I think. All right. So there, there's progress there. Um, there's been more questions about the other injuries. So why don't we get into that a little okay. bit here, including Carl Lawson. Yeah. Um, where is that at? You know, how much concern is there around Lawson? I mean, it was a day to day injury. You know, this is back to the whole Salah injury timeline thing. Um, <laughs> it was, they said it was minor and maybe it is lower back injury. He hasn't practiced in, I think, a week and a half now. So, um, if it keeps lingering, then I think it's fair to start worrying it. And it kind of stinks for Carl because his, his leg, his, uh, Achilles had healed up and he was ready to go and he's not out. And now everybody's seen Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald kind of go off. So he's almost like the forgotten man all of a sudden. Um, he didn't even travel to Carolina, I believe. And it makes sense if it's a back injury, because I don't know if it's good to travel with a back injury as someone who has bad posture. I'm actually bending over badly right now. I have bad posture. My back is sore when I sit the wrong way for a while. So I imagine if he has an injured back and he's a much more fit man than I am, um, it's going to be hard for him to fly. So I don't know. I saw him on the sideline today. Uh, I don't know if the plan is for, we didn't, we actually didn't get around to asking to him because we were distracted by all the other stuff that was going on. Cause there's nine other things to talk about right now. Um, but yeah, if it keeps lingering, I'll be concerned. They don't, they're acting like they're not concerned, but you know, it's, it's been longer than they said. So, you know, Garrett Wilson was back when Salah said he would be back, which was positive. He's he's a full go, but Carl Lawson's still gone. It does help that they do have all these defensive ends to where maybe you're not panicking if Carl Lawson has to miss time. But, um, you know, I, I, he's a very good player still. I think he's almost become underrated because everybody's seeing the flashy new things with Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson. But I, I, I think Carl Lawson was in line for a big year too. So I, getting him back would be obviously very important. It's a, It's just – kind of crazy watching this defensive front and the pass rush get to it though you think to the panthers game um the starters did not play and there was just tons of pressure they got to the quarterback they're just so deep um i think once the season starts it's just going to be kind of frightening and and the biggest question right will be how do you use all these guys because now we're kind of seeing i think we saw it a lot more against the panthers than we did in the hall of fame game just the crazy depth they have at pass rusher yeah, you know, it, this is another thing we've talked about a few different times. Like, training camp's always trying to figure out if a, if a unit is as good as it looks or if they're just going against a bad unit. And I think it's pretty clear that this unit is as good as it looks because they they dominated the first-team Panthers O-line in the beginning and then throughout the backups for the Panthers. Like, Jermaine Johnson had some plays where he used power to get through an offensive lineman and he used his speed to get around them. And Will McDonald's speed is his game. Bryce Huff still has the fastest get off in the NFL. Um, like th- that trio, it's going to be fascinating to see how they use them, especially because they're talking about, you know, the idea is they're going to have a lot of leads. And so when you have leads, you're going to be rushing the passer a lot. And I'm very curious to see how creative Jeff Ulbrich can get. Like, can he get Bryce Huff, Will McDonald, and Jermaine Johnson on the field at the same time and just like go all out on trying to, like, I, I imagine they, they'll have some package. So I haven't seen that and I'm not like reporting that's a thing or anything, but I'm fascinated to see if they can make that work because those three guys together are scary. And then you add Coonan Williams in the middle and, you know, if you have another pass rusher in there or whatever, you have somebody on the inside or whatever it looks like, like that their pass rush is lethal. And, you know, if everybody stays healthy, even if one person doesn't and everybody else does, like at the end of the year, this is probably going to be a team that, or it should be a team that puts up, you know, top, one, two, three sacks in Jets history. Like they, they have that ability. And 
Jermaine Johnson, I've been saying it all summer. Like, I think he's in line for a really big year, especially if he starts taking snaps away from Carl Lawson. Like, he looks like the guy that, you know, as I, I believe Connor even reported, uh, leading, I wasn't covering the Jets yet, but that the Jets, like, wanted to take him in the top five. And then he was still there in the 20s and they got him. And I think he's showing why they believed in him so much. And again, it's the preseason. You try not to get like too excited. You know, Elijah Moore was a preseason star. Um, other guys have been preseason stars in the past, but Jermaine Johnson is one of the biggest reasons why I'm very high in this group, honestly. All right. I'm just going through to get through some of the questions that we've yeah. had come up. Um, and Here's one to get back to the offensive line a little bit, because we we touched on Tipman playing today with the first team, getting his first team reps, yeah. but we didn't really talk about how he how he looked in that situation. So we got this in from John Casenza says, uh, can you ask if McGovern could possibly be moved to guard with Tipman starting at center if he gets to that level? Yeah, I think that's one of the possibilities out there if you're trying to find the best five. Um, that does impact your depth a little bit. Although I guess in theory, if something bad happened, you can move McGovern back to center and then start Schweitzer or something. But yeah, you know, I think that's possible. I don't know how McGovern hasn't played guard or even practiced at guard, I believe, since like even a couple years before he joined the Jets. So it's been a little bit. He does have experience, though. He's a veteran. Again, if it's the best five, you know, I I wonder if you'd rather Joe Tittman at guard than him, um, especially because of his size. But the, the ability to play one of them at guard and the other at center is intriguing to me. I lean towards that not being what will happen, but it wouldn't shock me. And I think we'll know a little better once we see if AVT is only going to play right guard or if he starts practicing at right tackle. And then, you know, I'll have a better read on that. But I think it ultimately comes down to would do you trust Connor McGovern, Joe Tittman, or Wes Schweitzer more as your right guard? And whatever one of that, whatever the answer is, would be the right guard. It's going to be interesting. The one thing we didn't talk about in the offensive line, we kind of touched on a little bit, though. There's so many changes, and yeah. all you hear about in the off, in the NFL, right, is like having the same Continuity. group practice yeah. together. It feels like, I mean, are they going to get one full week of practice with what they think is going to be the starting offensive line? Yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the reasons why it's been interesting to me that they're rotating these guys a lot. Hackett kind of explained that that like we want them to do that because if the, when the season comes and we need we want some fluidity because if we need a guy to go to the other side. He has the ability to do that now, but you're also sacrificing the chemistry that this five kind of needs to play together at the same time. So I guess Dwayne Brown not being there kind of, you don't have it anyway, so you might as well experiment, I guess. But actually, as Taylor Degato pointed out, Joe Timmon did take some reps at guard with the third team today. First time we've seen him do that. I'm curious to see if he gets more of those. That'll be something I'm watching. He is, I don't even think I mentioned this earlier. Sala said that McGovern and Tittman will be flip-flopping each day with the first team at center, which is, uh, different than when Tittman wasn't playing at all with the first team. I don't know if that means that that's a legit competition now or not, but um, clearly they believe more in Tittman now than they did before the Hall of Fame game. So Tittman being a factor would be a boon for this offensive line, I think, because talent-wise, I think he's better than or has the ability to be better than McGovern. So um, that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. But they need to find the best five. They're going to keep saying it, and I think they're probably going to keep saying it until Dwayne Brown comes back. I thought maybe he'll be back this week. I, they haven't really indicated uh, if that's the case. Um, but, you know, it's the season, there's not that much time left training camp-wise. So um, I guess if anybody doesn't need all the reps, it'd be him. But they need him back soon so they can start making this this group and decide who the five are. All right. Uh, anything we missed today? 
from your personal Actually, I, I rundown, did, Zach. I, I did like uh, Alex's special teams question because we do. Okay, uh, yeah. I had, actually, yeah, I saw you start it. Um, yeah, he said, can Zach talk about how much better their special teams will be this year with Morstead? I should say, you know, we've kind of, we haven't really talked about them because it hasn't been like a problem in training camp at all this year. And I, I kind of joked during the game on uh, Saturday against the Panthers that is, I was like, is Thomas Morstead the best player on the Jets? Because He's been like absolutely killing it in the preseason um, to the point where it's like, wow, that they let him go and kept Brady man all these years because <laughs> he's punted inside the 20. His punts are all going over 50 yards. The placement's been great. And then on top of that, you have Greg Zerline, who seems like forgot how to miss field goals because he's just been like on the money. Um, and it's been interesting. I don't, this is only my first year covering the Jets, but last year I wrote something about every year there was a kicker competition. And then throughout a year, they went through multiple kickers. It seems like knock on wood, they they finally found their guy, a kicker, and it's kind of been interesting to see that special teams isn't as much of an issue. And I I, I feel like McCall Harmon will probably be the main returner. Xavier Gibson has shown some flashes. I don't know if he's shown enough to like sneak onto the roster, but returner would be, you know, if Hardman's healthy, he's like the best option there. All right, it continues to be fun uh, watching this team, and now yeah. Dalvin Cook Hard into the mix. tonight in uh, less than an hour. Yeah, we were pregame, right, for Hard Knocks. So exactly. check that out. Um, Dalvin Cook's not going to be joining the team for, uh, I guess, about a week. He's expecting – he's still recovering from the shoulder a little bit, uh, expecting a baby as well. So that that will continue to come, and that will be exciting news when he finally reports. Uh, but, but yeah, check out Hard Knocks tonight. We'll be back again next week. We came a little bit early this week because of the Dalvin Cook news. Uh, but we'll be back again next week. Check out all of Zach's great writing. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. You can join right now uh, if you're a new subscriber for a year for $1.99 a month. He's got a great story. He's got a story about Cook and Brees Hall, how that's going to work together. And then another story on the offensive line and, and five possible paths to fixing the current problem. So tons of great content coming all the time. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to everybody next week on the Can't Wait Podcast.